So while we're getting ready, I'd like to invite you, if you will, to have a little fun today, still, because tucked right down deep in your heart is a person called the child within you. Once upon a time, for some, some time ago, each of you were a child, did you know? And so Jesus was a child too, but now he's the savior of the world, true. And in that child with whom you will connect today, you'll remember a time when life was uncomplicated, I say. You'll remember a time when you had trust without any clutter of experience informing you to cap on the trust. And you'll remember a time when joy and laughter was the order of the day. So if it's okay, I invite you today to come with me to that space where the child in you is in the house. I'll start off by introducing you to my friend Rusty. She helps to trigger the child you may still be trying to find. Now Rusty is a puppet and a puppet in a bag, no less. And Rusty, <clears throat> it's weekend, but I'm not going to stress because surely you've remembered today's church. Rusty? Uh-huh. Come on out and greet the good folk, would you, please? Uh-huh. Uh, that's, that's because I need to do a check, isn't it, Rusty? Oh, yeah. You're not still in your PJs, are you? Uh-uh. Oh, good. And did you brush your teeth? Rusty? Uh-uh. Oh my goodness, what do you mean, uh-oh? That's puppet language for why are you exposing me? I'm a puppet and puppets don't have teeth. Rusty, I promise you, I swear, these good church people will not laugh at you for not having teeth. Right, right. Come on out. Thomas, come on out. Give them your best truthless grin. Ah, uh, they're adorable. Do you like them, Rusty? Uh-huh, can I keep them? No. Why? Well, because um, people live in houses and you live in a bag. Why? Well, because you're a puppet. Why? Well, be <laughs> I guess maybe it's because the boys and girls like you. Okie dokie. Now, Rusty, how are you? How are you? I'm fine, thank you. I'm fine, thank you. Rusty, what are you doing? Rusty, what are you doing? Are you playing copycat? Are you playing copycat? Please quit it. Please quit it. Rusty, this is annoying. Rusty, this is annoying. Thank you. Thank you. I, Rusty, I have a good idea. I'm ugly. Yes, you are. Well, that didn't work. It never does. It's because I'm good. You're good, Rusty. Uh-huh. All the time, Rusty? Oh, yeah. Well, about that. Maybe not all the time. That's right, because only God is good all the time. And all the time? God is good. Yeah, ladies. Now, Rusty. Uh-huh. Did you know that there is someone who wants you to copy him? There is? His name is Jesus. He does? Uh-huh. 
Jesus wants you to do everything the way he did it. Well, what did Jesus do? Jesus would obey his father in heaven. Hallelujah. <laughs> and Rusty? Uh-huh. Jesus would stop important adult business and bless children. I like Jesus. <laughs> Me too, Rusty. Can I keep him? Yeah, uh, no. Why deja vu? Because um, Jesus, Jesus lives in people's hearts, so they can keep him in their heart. They're so blessed. Yeah, Rusty, they are. Now it's time for you to say goodbye to these good people. Oh, Rusty, what's the matter? I have a joke, but this is church, and church is holy, and do we do holy jokes? Of course we do. Okay, okay, okay. But these are old people. I don't even know if they remember jokes. <laughs> they look smart. They look smart. Shall we give them a go? Uh-huh. What kind of joke do you have? A knock-knock joke. Do, do you guys remember knock-knock jokes? Okay. Are you ready to give them a go? Knock-knock. Orange. Orange. You glad Jesus loves you? Ha, 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 I kill myself. Knock-knock. Knock-knock. Olive. Olive, you too. Hasta la vista, ladies. Goodbye, Rusty. So Jesus was a child, but now he's the savior of the world. In the beginning, God was good and God made all from nothing. In the beginning, when darkness covered the face of the earth, God said, let there be light and light appeared. And even in your darkness, friend, even in your darkness, no matter what you are following and seeing on earth, I want you to be delighted by the truth that the light of the world is in you and has a plan today, a plan for you. Now, what do you follow? Who do you follow? Do you follow trends, politics, stars? Do you follow the times? Who or what do you follow and who informs the way you go each day when you wake up? I would like to encourage you today. The theme is who do we follow, and who is following after us? 1 Corinthians 11 verse 1 says, follow my example. As I follow the example of Christ. Rusty was saying to us that if we follow Christ, if we become like Christ, we will respect and appreciate the next generation. Following Jesus is to follow the one who will grab those children, as Jason read, into his arms and bless them. That was his example. Who do we follow each day? We follow Christ. He is the way. Now, just to help you to sink the scripture in before we proceed to unpack it, we need to put it to a little music, don't you think? Okay, what genre is the favorite of the house? Are you R&B people? You may move your shoulders. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. First Corinthians 11 verse 1. 
Follow my example as I follow. I think we need to wake up this morning. So maybe you're a bit of a, a rapper, like a follow. No, 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 you're hard rockers. Are we? Let me see some hard rockers in the house. Where are your guitars, your air guitars? Da, 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 da. Follow my example. Da, 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 as I follow da, 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 da. the example of Christ. First Corinthians 11, verse 1. So, what are we about? Who are we going to follow? In order to show you an illustration of following, I have an arrow. Arrow points left, right, right, wrong, good, bad. An arrow shows direction. Without direction, if we're directionless, we will not make it to our destination. We have a directionless youth problem, do we not? Youth who seem to be chasing after the wind. When you chase after the wind, you have no goals in life. But when you follow Christ, the goal is clear. The purpose is clear. So following Christ starts in childhood. Did you know that following Christ and having a goal and a direction and a purpose for life starts when you are young? Before I show you more about this arrow, I'd like the team to display a statistic on the screen found out by the Barna Institute. They're a research institute on Christian trends. And they say that the moral foundation of a child is formed by age nine. So as an educational psychologist, as a person who deals with developmental milestones, outside even of the Christian philosophy, if you have not developed the outlook of a child in a positive way before age nine, that worldview they have formed is set and not much changes afterwards. From a Christian perspective, they have discovered that most decisions for Christ are made under the age of 13. What does this mean? This means that after the age of 13, when a person enters into their teen years, it becomes less and less likely for them ever to become a follower of Christ. As many as 85 decisions, 85% of decisions for Christ is made under the age of 15. So if we want lifelong followers from Milnerton and beyond, the most strategic place to put your effort is in childhood. If you want a moral generation, if you want a Christ-like generation. So everyday children are making decisions, where to go, who to be, the pressure is on them, but the cement is still wet. And if we will steer their decision-making towards Christ on a daily basis, these decisions will help them to form a positive, moral, Christ-like, biblical outlook to life. And then when we look at the decisions they make for their careers, for their family planning, for their church inputs, 
they'll always make decisions in line or aligned to what we would desire for them from a Christian family and from a church. Amen? But that decision-making capacity is set by nine. So if we're not involved in influencing them at this early age, we are going to see them forming habits that become a lifestyle of brokenness, unhappiness, sadness, disrespect. Who are they following? Who are they becoming like? And unfortunately, if they turn their backs on God in childhood, the rest of their life, the trajectory of their life becomes one of sadness, pain, and trying to win them back from darkness. So that starts now. Who they're becoming, they're becoming now. So, who are we following and who are they following? Are they following TikTok? Are they following Instagram? What and who are they following? So I want to tell you a story, a sad story about a very famous man. His name was Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson looked at the man in the mirror. Do you remember that song? I'm talking to the man in the mirror. Mm -mm. I'm asking him to change his ways. Na na na, na na na. Oh! So Michael Jackson, think about this as a symbol of a successful generation according to the world standards. He had it all. When he looked at the man in the mirror, he had fame, he had recognition. Globally, he was called the king of pop. People would chant his name in Asia, America, Australia, Britain, Africa, Michael, Michael, Michael. As a young man, he had it all. He had a house that was a carnival. Who would not want to live in a carnival? I ask you now, who would not? Do not raise your hand. You are spoiling the fun. <laughs> Michael Jackson, king of rock, he, changed, he had so much money, he could even change the way he looked to be the face he wanted to see. And sadly, one day, he was on a interview with Oprah Winfrey, and she asked him, Michael, now that you have done all that you wanted to, what do you see when you look in the mirror where his words, and he said the following, I still can't look in the mirror. I still cannot face myself. Sadly, what was Michael Jackson's legacy? He died young. He died with his name defamed because of pedophilia accusations. What a way to go. What a sad end to the man who had it all. Even if you gain the whole world, yet you lose your soul, you will have gained nothing. And the man in the mirror, one day when your children are looking deep inside, who is the person they see? Who is the person God sees? And did you know Parent, did you know? Church leader, did you know? Nephew and niece, did you know? Uncle and aunt, grandma and grandpa, each one of us have a role in shaping the faces that our generation, next generation, sees in the mirror. And did you know that there's going to come a time when they can no longer hold your hand and you tell them where to go and what to do and how to handle and cope with life situations? There's going to come a time when they need to wake up and say, 
good morning. I see myself, I see you. But greater is he who is in me than the one I see in the mirror or in the world. And one day there's gonna come a time when we are hoping and praying that this generation are so filled, are so aware, are so in love with, are so true to the man inside of them that they are formed into this image both on the inside and on the outside. Because they're following you and you follow Christ. And when before they even know Christ, because they're following you and you're following Christ, they're going to be following Christ in spite of themselves. And one day when you're out of the way and they've got to make a decision for themselves, they'll be following Christ because Christ will have formed in them. And greater is he who is in them than he who is in the world. So what is our job? What is our responsibility to this generation? Just follow Christ. Let's look at that scripture in Deuteronomy 6. It says, and it's the Old Testament version of the verse that you have on the wall from Luke 10, 27. And Deuteronomy 6 says the following. Love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind. Okay, I need to wake you guys up. <laughs> okay, we're going to do the following, okay? We're going to do a little bit of, of action. Are you ready? So we're going to love the Lord our God with all our hearts. You got your heart out already? With all your soul. I want to feel like this is a, a, an African mama doing it. Like, like that type. Okay, good. With all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. And if you love the Lord like that, that's the only law that applies to being a Christian. Because when Jesus came, he did away with the Old Testament law. The outward having to show that you serve God fell away. And Jesus said, now... The only thing that applies to you is to love God. And if you have given God your entire heart, your entire soul, your entire strength, your energy, your purpose, your passion, your effort, and your entire mind, then you are following God the way he always intended. You are his friend. It is as simple as that. When we follow Christ, we're just saying we love love. And love is the source of life. You want to get rid of depression, fear, confusion? Love drives out all fear. Love drives out. Love drives. And when love is driving the seat, you're following Christ by default. And when children grow up in homes of love, in churches of love, they see Christ. They experience Christ. They feel Christ. They sense Christ. Because out there, my friend, you and I are aware, is a loveless world an unkind world, an ungrateful world, an entitled world, a world that uses and abuses you, a world where strings are attached to the promise of love. But in Christ is love. And when you simply love, you are being Christ to the next one. I'm telling you now, isn't that the kind of love we want our children to grow up with? 
they will have no problems with self-identity if they are loved and affirmed. You don't, don't forget that you get tough love. I'm not saying there's no such thing as tough love, and sometimes our kids need tough love, but sometimes we're just tough, and we forget the love. Yeah. Tough love looks different to tough, minus love. Amen? Amen. So, what does Deuteronomy 6 say further? It says, these laws that God gives us, what is the law? Love. This love that God wants us to live as a life-giving followers of him, we are supposed to live this love when we walk on the road, when we lie down at home, when we get up, wherever we go, when we sit, when we stand, when we walk, when we talk. Oh, I feel a movement coming on. Okay, you can do this. You can do this. You got to sit that you're doing well. You got to stand. Let's do this. When we sit, when we stand, when we walk, when we talk. <laughs> okay, we, we're getting there. I think one more round, one more round. When we sit, when we stand, when we walk, when we talk. Good job. When we sit, when we stand, when we walk, when we talk, we walk the walk, we talk the talk of love. All we need is love. All we need is love. All we need is love, love, love. All we need is love. I'm not auditioning for the worship band. There's a reason no worship team will have me. But are we having fun? So, yeah, the scriptures say, when you will live the life of love, which is the only law that applies to the Christian lifestyle, you will impress your children. Hmm. Wondered how you were going to impress this digital generation? who aren't impressed very easily, oh, love is going to impress them. Because you know what? TikTok, it ain't giving them love. It's giving them an attitude. I just banned my eight-year-old from TikTok because I saw a little attitude coming out of her interaction with TikTok. And I said, until you've got a falter whereby that attitude doesn't become our love lifestyle, TikTok is out of your baby. Goodbye. Tough love, because I love my kids so much that I want her to have Christ who she's following and not the culture of the world. So I banned it, baby. Out of my, thank you, thank you. Because <laughs> whose example am I going to follow? Jesus would rebuke his disciples if they were living the culture of the world instead of the culture of the kingdom. We want kingdom cultured families, homes, churches. Whew. And it starts with us, doesn't it? And when we love love, and I don't see love in your attitude, I've got to make an attitude adjustment because I love you and I want you to live the law, the law of love. I don't want you to go to school and you're giving your, your teacher lip because that started in my home. If I didn't allow the lip and the sassy pants in my house, you wouldn't be taking sassy pants off to school. So when man Roxelle phones me and says, your daughter's a sassy pants, come deal with her. Then I know I've got a problem at home. We're not living love because we're not living love in the school classroom. And it all started in my home under my instruction and by my example. 
Sassy pants, off. You put on your obedient pants. <laughs> Something like that, okay. <laughs> Parent training 101. I'm still learning the book, but I'm happy to learn the pearls of wisdom I collect on the way. Come to Saturday's training. We're gonna have some parent talk as well. Some tough love, okay. So, I'm gonna use a vessel, yeah? And a vessel is an indication of something that's coming. We need to fill a vessel, otherwise it hasn't got a purpose, it's empty, it's useless. And I'm gonna fill this vessel with some water, and water represents life. Without H2O, we'll drop over dead, I'm told by scientists. It's about a three-day process to, you know, the grave. So I'm not a scientist, but that's what I hear. So a vessel must be filled. Did you know that humankind are vessels for the Holy Spirit? We're not just outward flesh, blood, and bone. We are also a spirit. Spirits are invisible. That's why you haven't seen one lately, but they're there. You know it's there because how are you talking, walking, thinking, processing? That's the spirit in you. And the spirit, if it's not filled with the spirit of God, it's a walking, talking fool, I'm afraid, because without God, we are foolish. And the soul that is activated, the mind and the heart, the will and the thinking instinct, is still very much there, but you see a lot of fools walking around because they don't have the spirit of God in them to activate integrity, holiness, respect, those are things that come from the spirit. That's life-giving. The spirit is dead when we're born, but we're supposed to be filled. Now, children are meant to be filled as well. The moment they land up on planet Earth, there is a God void in them. This God void is God's way. It's a vacuum inside. He created it there so that we would search for him, the God void. And if we don't fill get filled with the God void, we are empty and we are always chasing after the wind. Now, if we do fill children up, they're supposed to be filled with the word of God. The word of God is life. It gives them joy, peace, love, hope, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, self-control. Those things come from the spirit of God. And when we fill our children, they begin to form those moral foundations and they give back what has been put in. You can only give what you got, right? Okay, so value systems come from the word of God which gives them life and values in life are good. But in our absence, if we do not fall the children, we ignore them, we water down our church programs to babysitting clubs. If we do not at home walk the talk with them where we say, I get knocked down but I get up again because we keep our eyes on Jesus, the orphan perfecter of our faith. If we are not living this life with our children, the devil, the counterfeit, the enemy of their souls, he will come and begin to fall them. And he will fall them with sadness, despair, temptation, hate. He will fall them with the kind of things that leave them hardened towards the things of God. And then we look at the young people roaming our streets and we say, why is there such teenage pregnancy, gang involvement at age nine, I'm told? Why are they on drugs? Why do they need the next fix? Why don't they want to come to church? Why do they disrespect their parents? And why do they have no purpose in life? but they have been filled with the kinds of things that leave them full of nonsense and hardened to the good news 
that gives them purpose. They are empty, but they are full of horrible things that then becomes the church's purpose to try to undo, unwork. Why is childhood such a significant time in our lives? Because it is the time when our hearts are soft to God and we will take, drink in the things of God and be people full of God's goodness that when you train up a child in the way he should go, Proverbs 22, 6 says, he will not depart from it. He will be a lifelong lover of God. The choice is ours. Amen.